Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia, and that is something I have not said in a very long time. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. Um, it is episode 82, I believe. 82, also the year that Chad was born, which I'm sure you know, and the 82nd anniversary of the 82nd Regiment of Infantry 82, 82nd. So, a lot of good trivia there. Uh, I am doing this episode because I interviewed Ian Staley for my other podcast, Friend Request. If you're not already listening, now's a good time to start. Anywho, uh, Ian has a plethora of vintage video games, video game systems, video game consoles, cartridges, you name it. And we discussed it at length and... I cut it down and put it in this episode because uh, he wanted to do it, and I am a sucker for people that like stuff that I do. <laughs> so, uh, and hey, there's even a beer segment in this one. You want to hear it? It's happening right now. Beep, deep, deep, beep, beep. Okay, this week I am drinking. Well-Being Intentional IPA. This is one of many non-alcoholic IPAs that I have found since I quit drinking nearly seven months ago. Uh, that's crazy, right? Seven months ago. Actually, it'll be seven months and I think four days from when this gets released. Wow. Anyway, um, I found all these non-alcoholic IPAs and stouts and porters. So any of you out there that are like, yeah, quit drinking and you get O'Doul's, bro. I got some great news for you. It's good. Ooh, and I just spilled some on my computer, so that's even more exciting. And through the amazement of editing, it's already cleaned up. That's how we work around here. Um, this comes in a 16-ounce can, quite different from other IPAs that you're going to find from uh, maybe Partake Brewing or Athletic Brewing or BrewDog. Uh, they have a line of non-alcoholic beers. But this, I, you know, you gotta love a 16 ounce can. Um, color wise, right off the bat, I will tell you this is the best looking IPA that I've had in the non-alcoholic realm. Um, it is this, you know, copper IPA color that you like come to expect. Hops right off the uh, nose there, up the nose, off the nose, doesn't matter. There's a nose involved somewhere. Oh my goodness. That's really good. Yeah, see, it's <laughs> it's funny because it's it's a catch twenty uh, two. Part of me is like, oh, a beer this good makes me miss beer this good. But then you know, advantage, I'm drinking beer this good. <laughs> uh, and you know, I found Partake IPA, which I've talked about on here before, which I put like similar to all day IPA. Like if you want like a session IPA. A lot of the non-alcoholic IPAs, as you can probably imagine, are similar more to session IPAs. But this Wellbeing Intentional IPA, this is a new one from them. Um, this is right there on par with um, any of the like Lagunitas IPA, any of your standard like bar IPAs. Um, nothing obviously is like a two-hearted because two-hearted is a da bomb. It's a thing I say now. Lots happen <laughs> since I talked to you guys last. Uh, <laughs> But this is, yeah, any flagship IPA that I've had from any brewery. This is right on par with it. This is really good. 
Uh, Wellbeing Brewing has gotten a lot more distribution in the last year. So if you go to their website, um, I don't know what their website is. You can find it, wellbeingbrewing.com. That's what it is. You can go there. You can find stores that stock their beer, on, or you can order it straight from their website, which is what I typically do because the closest store to me is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And if you know where I live, it's not Ann Arbor, Michigan. So something to think about. Damn, this is delicious. I highly recommend it. Uh, whether you want to cut down on drinking or just you actually enjoy the taste of beer like I do, but you could probably stand to not drink as much alcohol because, hey, I don't want to blow anyone's mind here, but turns out alcohol's not great for you. Um, there's science that says it's actually bad for you, which what, what, what science. That's enough about beer. Let's talk about video games. Beer. <laughs> All right, here's a song. All right, well, let me describe this from an outsider. Okay. <laughs> you have, uh, I think, every, every system. Well, it's, it feels like every system, every main system that all the big companies put out for sure. But there are still tons of little ones that are been forgotten about that I would never have any interest in owning. Um, so, but all of the big ones from all the big companies, uh, I had the idea when I moved into this house, I had a whole lot more space than I ever had before. What am I going to do with it? I want every video game system just available to play with no work. Everything's all set up and ready to go. Yeah. And that's a wonderful idea, going down that pathway and trying to make it all work with the right best experiences. It becomes overwhelming. It becomes a whole lot of wiring. It becomes a whole lot of power. Oh, God. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So in your office where right. we, were, we were up there, you have, can you name all the systems I, you have hooked up? I can up? go through it. I have everything from Sega in terms of the main consoles. Sega. Uh, so yeah, Genesis, Master, Sega CD, System, Sega Saturn. Genesis, yeah. Saturn. And in the 32X, the Sega CD, the Sega Dreamcast, I have every console dated. I have everything from Nintendo, um, going back to NES up through, well, upstairs, up till Switch, really, is what I have yeah. in the house. But up in that room, I have up into the GameCube right now. Okay. Um, boy, oh boy, it's a long one. And then I have the, the TurboGrafx-16 with the CD add-on. Uh, and the PC Engine Japanese exclusive parts. I have all that stuff. Love it. I have the Neo Geo. I have the original Xbox up there. I have the... It sounds like I'm bragging, doesn't it? But no, no it's this just... This is fantastic. I wanted to have it all. I just wanted it accessible. And I have the PS2, and I have... I have... Uh, the coolest part about my setup, really, though, is... Yes, I have all the systems, but I have the old CRT screen hooked up to a professional video monitor, which is the types of monitors they got at, at studios when yeah, they yeah. did the news or security systems. Yeah, they didn't or, taper down in the back. They were just straight long. Right. <laughs> they have the highest quality screens, and they can stay on forever without degrading. And they nice. last forever, unlike our regular CRT. Yeah. So I have uh, those systems outputting to the CRT, so you can do light gun games. You can get nice in and close and play with the best screen experience because they were made for those kinds of screens. And it also splits off and plays on modern TVs. 
So I can play with a wired controller or a wireless controller sitting right up to the screen on the old school or sit back on my big beanbag chair, which I showed you, and play wirelessly on my big new modern TV. Yeah, I can he, do both at has, the same uh, time. He has a love sack in his room. And yes, if you don't know what a love yeah. sack is, look it up. And for the love of God, just spend the money. They're so comfortable. I love them. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> they're great. I wanted to have it all. And I kind of have gotten there. There's a few more things I still have to buy. I'm also going to fit in all the portables up there, so they're also uh, outputting. So the Game Boys, Game Boy, the, Game Gear, the, the Game Gear, the Links, I have all those handheld, links. but they're going to be on the TVs oh now. Oh my god. Yeah, that's, my, that's coming next year. Um, so I didn't even think about this when we were up there, and then you brought it up, and I was like, wait a minute, the logistics it's of wiring all this, because I, yeah. I have like three systems, and I still have to switch right. everything out when I want to play a different right. one. So do you have everything set up to where you just like have to flip a switch? Yes. Oh mostly, my God. Mostly. Um, is there some, what is it, like a giant RCA switch? Uh, not, I, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> I, I looked into this, and I wanted to become an expert and have the best experience. I don't care about it working. I care about it working the best it can. Okay. And when you go down that road, it's a whole lot more expensive and a whole lot more work. And finding the parts is a pain in the ass because they're so exclusive. I found the guy that makes the Switch, um, the Switcher, not the Nintendo Switch, but the Switcher that I use is a SCART Switcher. SCART is an input that only Europe got. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is a giant cord. I'm showing you, I'm showing Justin like you guys can see, but it's it's much wider <laughs> connector. And I have basically what it is, you plug in eight uh, systems into the switch I have, and but I'll put via RCA. It, uh, no, not really. It's it's RGB signal, but it's oh, okay. coming out through an R. It's coming out through a SCART cord and a SCART adapter okay. switch. Uh, it's a, it's not RCA because it's not American. It's a completely different yeah. connector. What does the connector look like? Um, if you were to compare it to something, it looks like. Um, like is it a serial? I have thing? at work a hole puncher, and it has a connector on it that looks exactly like a start <laughs> switch. It's like a it's it's a big piece of plastic at the end, okay, and it's a giant kind of brick at the end, not like an, a a power adapter, yeah, but it has teeth on it. Okay, I'll show you one later. You can yeah. put a picture on the podcast. Maybe I will do that. Gonna, Anyone listening, look up Because that logistics of that is crazy. I didn't even think about that. So I plug in eight systems into that switcher, and that outputs two things. It outputs to my professional video monitor and to my HDMI screen. Nice. Which okay. has to go through another piece of equipment that's expensive and hard to find. But um, So it's a huge pain in the ass to yeah. do all this. But it's worth it for me because I get the best experience. And that's, it's all done. I think experience backwards, and I just make the experience work the yeah. way I want. I don't want to sacrifice experience for anything. So you have... You have everything. Uh, I have all the, the systems, and that's the systems. retro system in that room. I have uh, setups for TVs on all three levels of my house with <laughs> other systems on other floors. What I described is only my office. Yeah, and the basement, <laughs> you have a bunch of stuff down there, too, right. including a bunch of old Apple computers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I also decided I that's... wanted a computer lab. <laughs> like, I had like all the different types of computers that I loved when yeah. I was a kid. I wanted all of those set up, too. And that is even harder of a problem. Oh, yeah, as I much can't as, even imagine. As much as I've described before, computers are 10 times, 100 times harder. Well, and then where do you, how do you even fix it? <laughs> parts that I have barely friends that <laughs> are willing to help I have to get in forums and find experts in these things and very few people can actually fix some of these problems yeah that's that's nuts um, so uh, the the buzzing question <laughs> and I won't ask for a favorite game but how about a, a, how about a top five <laughs> I have a favorite game my favorite game ever is maniac mansion from the Apple 2gs that's the one I grew up playing okay it is a port and click adventure game where you you click on a a character on a screen and then you click on an item on the screen and then there's verbs underneath the bottom where you click on the verb they were like used key with door yeah. and you're doing that with click mouse clicks you're not typing anything yeah 
And Maniac Mansion opened up my whole uh, experience into comedy in games. Maniac Mansion also is the first game ever to have cutscenes. Oh. It was uh, 1987 on the Jeez. originally. I think it was Commodore 64, and then the Apple II version. And you have a Commodore 64. I too. have a Commodore 64, <laughs> but I played the um, Apple version yeah. of that game, and that's the one I like. That's even though crazy. I've heard the Commodore versions a little better in some ways, but I love Maniac Mansion. I love those old scum. Uh, scum is script utility for Maniac Mansion. C S U M. That's the name of the engine it was built on. It was okay. made for that game. And this is all getting incredibly nerdy. And <laughs> I'm probably right. sounding like I'm bragging to no end, but I just wanted everything to have available to play. And what I, about favorite console game? Oh, boy. Yeah, see, that's where uh, I was like, I'll give you a top five console games. <laughs> I really love this game that came out on the PlayStation 3, uh, and it's now on Switch, called Nino Kuni. It's, there's a Japanese anime company called Studio Ghibli that did Spirited Away. They did Princess Mononoke. Uh, and beautiful animation. They call the creator of those movies the Walt Disney of, of Japan. Okay. Yeah, he, I mean, I've seen Princess... Uh, see, I was, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an American. I call it Princess Mononoke. Uh, I know. It's very... I don't say it right either. But um, I definitely don't. That film studio worked with a game studio to create this JRPG. That's beautiful. The music in it is all orchestra. It's all anime style. It's just one of the most beautiful, gorgeous games I've ever seen and ever played in my life. Playing that really affected me too. So Nino Kuni on the PlayStation 3 was one that I loved. Every system I kind of have my own favorite games. I'm great at Mario Kart. I love the Mario Karts. Those are the big ones. Um, what else do I love? Favorite Nintendo NES? NES game? Yeah. Well, Maniac Mansion, because that was also an NES. Oh, really? Yeah, they ported it to the NES. Jeez. Um, but I... They put that on everything. They did, they did. <laughs> I like the point-and-click games. There's a game called Shadowgate that's quite fun. Were you a Dragon Warrior fan? I love Dragon <sighs> Quest, I call it, yes. Well, that, yeah, because that's right. what it uh, was what, that was what it was called in Japan, and right. then they finally adopted that name by there like was, the fourth one or there something? There was the fifth one okay yes but the fifth one didn't come out in america the first four were called dragon warrior because there was already a dragon quest copyrighted in america got it so they couldn't take that name dragon so funny you mentioned that specific one (laughs) i love that game because the dragon quest series is my favorite series of all time yeah um there's music in the first one Mm -hmm. that gets stuck in my head and i haven't i haven't played that game in um probably like 15 years i had a nintendo and my buddy had that he had the first three dragon warriors in their boxes with their booklets and everything mm-hmm. um, that he gave to me in like 2003 those are worth something the first one isn't but the yeah. other sequels are yeah yeah um i didn't i didn't care a bunch for the sequels but the first one i was obsessed with ah. and the music in it gets a must like to this day like last week and i try to find it on youtube and it's never the song I'm thinking of. And it's like one of the songs from the town when you can get into a town. Okay. It, okay. It just gets stuck in my head. Anyway. <laughs> the new Dragon Quest um, game, I have to tell you about this, is on the Nintendo Switch okay. and other systems. But the Switch version has a 2D mode where you can play the entire <laughs> game in 2D. And it has the sound effects of everything from the old games nice. all included. It looks like a Super Nintendo game on your Switch. Or you can convert it to 3D and play the whole massive new experience. I like both versions. They're both incredible. So this might launch into a long conversation, yeah, but I have to find out, uh, A, if you know about it, and B, what your thoughts are. Okay. Um, Super Mario 2. 
I hate Super Mario 2. So, do you know the history? I know exactly okay. the history, and I know it's not a Mario game. Do you have the original game that it's based off of? No, based on... <laughs> oh, you mean the original. Yes, I yeah. do have the original game, but I do not have the American Super Mario Bros. 2. I have the Lost yeah. Levels, but I do not have the actual American Super Mario Bros. 2 because I have the original. Yeah. Yes, so I have that. Awesome. Where it's not Mario. Well, there's a whole... The history of it is the Super Mario Bros. Yeah. 2 was another game made by Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> they just, like, replaced the characters. And they just the replaced characters. the characters. Exactly right. Yeah. So good. So it wasn't the real Super Mario Bros. 2, and they did that because the Japanese Super Mario Bros. 2 was too hard. Yeah. And it's called now The Lost Levels. Oh, so you have that. I have that on a disc, nice. which is playable on a Japanese uh, Famicom. You yeah, can play that's that. what... Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. But yeah, I forgot about that. And yeah. then... Oh man! So, do you, what's the game it was based on? Do you remember what's called? The, yes, I do know, and I can tell you, um, Doki Doki Panic. Sure, is that right? Uh, maybe. I <laughs> I just watched this documentary on. I this. think I'm right, but um, I th- I think it's Doki Doki Panic. That's if I'm wrong, crazy. please cut this out. <laughs> I do not want that going out publicly. Do you have that game? Yes, I do. It's a, it's not an American game. It's a Japanese yeah. game. Yeah. But I have a special kind of NES that plays. American and Japanese games yeah. and outputs. Is that the one that's upstairs? Yeah, it's the yeah. analog um, NT. Uh, so yeah, it's a. It's I a, forgot that there's an actual different Super Mario Brothers two. Right, the real Super Mario Brothers two did come out in Japan, but it did not come out on cartridge. It came out on actually a floppy disk. Yeah, and, and you it, had to play it. And it was it. too hard. And it's too hard. Yeah, that was and the, you can I play forgot it. that was the whole issue. <laughs> you can play it on uh, Super Mario Brothers All Stars on the Super Nintendo, and it's just called the Lost Levels. Here's the real question. Can you rig a Game Genie up to it? Yes. Yes, you can. Are there cheats to where it's not so hard? Yes. Okay. Infinity infinity lives. Nothing affects you when it hits you. All those things work, too. Have you found it to be hard? Yes. Okay. Uh, I've I've obviously never played it. I love Mario Maker as well. Uh, Mario Maker and Mario Maker 2. I have both of them. And games and levels made in that can be way harder. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because you can essentially do anything, right? By that standard of what I'm used to with Mario Maker, (laughs) the original is not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I I always think that's fun. I mean, I just learned that uh, this year. (laughs) I didn't know that. I thought that, and I think that's crazy. Um, And it's because I I hated Mario 2. I did too. I don't, I, that's the one I don't own. I never bought it out of principle because I hate the game. They introduced Birdo. They introduced Shy Guy who are both characters still in the Mario universe. Every time I play multiplayer games, Mario games with people and they pick Birdo or Shy Guy, I get angry (laughs) because those are not Mario characters. Those are Doki Doki Panic. You know, that's so funny. I I hate Mario 2. I do not enjoy that game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, how long does it take for the Apple II GS to start up? <laughs> I have a card in there that is a modern card um, that is a uh, accelerator card that takes it down from about two and a half minutes to 50 seconds. So oh, okay. it's not that bad. But it yeah. used to be two and a half minutes. That's yeah. the startup it time. It used to be two and a half minutes. That. And, that, and it always depends. on You can put RAM in that one. You can, you can up the RAM from um, four to eight megabytes, something like that. Not a lot by today's standards. So your whole family always an Apple family? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They grew up in, well, I grew up with them in science and labs and universities. Yeah, yeah. And universities always have contracts with Apple products. Got it. Apple products put themselves into schools on purpose, and they became kind of educational machines. Yeah. So if you're in Was education. Was Oregon Trail on an Apple pro- computer i don't know if you know this but it's something on every computer oregon trail um just as a trivia point for you what year do you think oregon trail came out um if i had to guess yeah based on 
age and remembering things, I would have to say 88. Not even close. You're off by decades. What? The original Oregon Trail came out in the 60s. What? <laughs> I know. I know. This is a, or maybe seven. I might be off a little Are bit. Are you talking about the actual Oregon Trail right. that people like? No, not, the, not the, the game. I'm talking about the game. The uh, learning company game, Oregon Trail. The 60s. What was the computer as big as your house? Pretty much. Yes. That's exactly. insane. I, I say that fact to people all the time and nobody believes me. And then they look it up and like, oh my God. It's like 1969. We were landing on the moon and playing Oregon Trail at the same well, time. Welcome to Modern Beers and 60s nostalgia. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So look that up. Fact check me. I might be wrong about the exact. I will. But... I'm doing it when I do my intro. I'm going to look it up. But that's crazy. Yeah. And nobody knows how old that game is. Everyone <laughs> remembers it from when we were in elementary yeah. school playing it in school. But nobody tracks the history. It's like a it. Jumanji situation. It just appeared one day. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so that's uh, any friends you thought you lost in high school. They just got sucked into the game Oregon Trail and died of dysentery inside exactly. the game. Exactly. Right. There's also, I have to plug one more thing. There's a great musical you got to listen to, too, Uh called Trail to Oregon. It's by Star Kid. I'll just say that. Look it up. It's fantastic. And it's very funny and all about Oregon Trail. Nice. All right, and we can all relate to that. Yep. Well, our generation, anyway. Yep. Damn kids today. Yep. All right. On that note. Well, we learned a lot this week. We learned that beer can be good and non-alcoholic. We learned that Ian Staley enjoys video games and hates Mario Brothers Part 2. The American one. Or the actual, the you know, the one. Doki 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 Revenge. Anyway, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. It's been a long time. Maybe I'll put out another one. In the future sometime. Who knows? Stay subscribed and you'll find out. Unsubscribe and you'll never know. I'm going to burp, so I'm going to stop this podcast. Here's a song, though. (laughs)